Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. How is everyone doing? Today is a nice day outside, although I think it is the start of hay fever season for me. It is not good, it is really not good. I don't know if any of you guys suffer with hay fever, but I don't get hay fever that bad, but I still definitely feel it and I absolutely hate it. Plus, hay fever tablets aren't vegan. Someone please explain that to me, but I found out last year that all tablets have some form of lactose in it, which is milk. Like, what? (laughs) It's so random, such a random thing. So, who knows, I might need to bite the bullet and take some hay fever tablets because hay fever rules my life if I don't get that sorted. So let's hope it's not too bad this year. But if you listen to the probiotic podcast, you would know that taking probiotics might help. So hopefully it won't be as bad this year because of that. But excuse me if I sound a little bit hay fevery. We did a COVID test today. It's definitely not COVID. I think it is the beginning of the only downside of summer, which is hay fever. (laughs) So let's see what happens. But I'm recording today's podcast on Friday and I don't usually do that, I usually record it on a Saturday because it's Jacob's birthday on Sunday, he's going to be 22 years old, oh my gosh, insane and we have a nice weekend planned and I don't really want to be busy doing podcast stuff or any uni work so we're taking a nice little break this weekend and it fits in perfectly because it's Easter break and we do need to actually take some time off of this dissertation so it's good it's good so yes today anyway I'm going to be talking about alcohol which is something I've actually tried not to talk too much on until now on the podcast and there's a reason for that and I'll get into that but I think it's about time that I discuss alcohol and the issues around alcohol and also the possible health benefits but I want to talk about it because it is important it's a massive problem in our society today it's a massive problem for our health especially people that are living in the UK because we're big on alcohol here and we're big on binge drinking here which has actually became part of our culture which is the worst thing anyone's ever associated with culture ever but I want to talk about it today and I want to talk about the different things to do with it. I have quite a complicated family situation with alcohol and I have been, a lot of my family's been impacted by alcohol, but the same way my mum stopped drinking three years ago, and I've told you guys about this before, but she is a crazy woman, and she she stopped alcohol completely, and it took her a long time to actually get it done, and, and, and manage to stick to it, because society's built up around drinking alcohol, especially older women, and Um, middle-aged women and alcohol and wine and you guys know the script with all that so she's not drank for three years probably almost four now you know and it's insane she's a totally different human being so I'm a little bit biased when it comes to alcohol but I'm still going to try and be as unbiased as possible when talking about this so I'm just going to go through a few things I'm going to talk about the health complications associated with alcohol I'm also going to talk about some health benefits Um, How much is too much, if any at all? Is it addictive? We know it's addictive, but I want to talk very briefly on that. I'm not qualified enough to talk about that, but I want to talk very, very briefly about that. So are alcohol the same? Are all alcohol the same? You know, spirits, wine, beer, are they all 
the same health weighting or are they different for your health? I'm going to talk about that too. And also when I talk about social drinking and binge drinking and moderate drinking. So let's get right into it. I want to know what you guys think about alcohol. I also didn't want to talk about it too much because I think it's a touchy subject for so many people, especially people my age. And I think I've talked about this before as well, but I don't drink either. And I stopped drinking maybe, it's probably about two years ago now. And trust me, I've been there. I've been where with the drink. I've definitely had my fair share of drinking as a young person and a very young person actually which was throwback to rebellious Mary my mum hated her so yeah and I definitely had my fair share of doing that and I'm very much over it now I don't enjoy drinking at all I don't like the way it makes me feel and for me it was mainly an escape and that was that's scary saying that from a young person but for me it was that it was it was an escapism from daily life from problems that I wasn't even aware of yet and it was just a way to have fun and just see what what happened see where things would take me but it was as everyone messy and not the person that I am and I don't like that anymore I don't want to have to hide who I am to do a substance or to drink something that would make me feel not myself or some people might say it makes them feel more like themselves but I would say that for some people it brings alcohol intake and drinking alcohol brings out a part of who they really are but at the same time it's a blurred version of who they really are and one that is a massive barrier to from drinking alcohol but I could go on and on about alcohol for ages and ages and all of the emotional type of side that goes along with alcohol and I think I will talk about it a little bit because I think it is important but first of all let's get into some science so the health complications of alcohol particularly excessive alcohol consumption are quite dramatic and this is why you know we always hear that alcohol is bad for you and that we should limit our alcohol so obviously that's a massive message in society and we all know that it doesn't necessarily really apply to young younger people over older people I feel like those messages are more targeted towards middle-aged people especially women and men more so men probably I think men drink more than women or at least they probably drink a larger quantity maybe not more often but there must be research on that but with that I think those messages are mainly targeted at those people and they're not targeted at young people where the young people are the ones doing the most binge drinking So it's a little bit problematic and I hope that this podcast reaches some people my age because the messages out there are not tailored towards those people and for good reason but also not so good reason because this is when dependency to alcohol starts, this is when you you know create a relationship with alcohol that is an escapism or that is something that you can you know, I don't want to keep saying escape, I want to say something different I want to say it's like a type of thing that you do to make you feel differently to make you remove yourself from reality and I think this is when it starts it doesn't start when you're older it just continues on and then gets worse and worse and then maybe becomes an addiction but again most of the things I'm going to say that aren't science are my opinion so that type of thing is all my opinion um it's not proven of course but let's talk about science I'm getting off on a tangent 
So health complications with alcohol are quite severe, especially excessive. So with excessive alcohol use over time or repeated very large amounts of alcohol, so binge drinking to a really excessive degree. So if you went out on a night out maybe once a month and drank an excessive amount of alcohol, you would be in this category as well. So for people that may be thinking that, people that drink maybe once a day and only have you know, a few drinks a day, those types of people are in that category, but also the people that binge drink quite excessively and less regularly, that also applies. So for, and this would happen over time, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but these types of issues will occur if you are drinking regularly and excessively. So we've got high blood pressure, we've got heart disease, stroke, liver disease, digestive problems and cancer. And the main one there is cancer and cardiovascular diseases, but there's slightly more controversy around cardiovascular diseases, whether um, whether or not alcohol benefits cardiovascular diseases or, or actually increases the risk. But there is a lot of evidence to suggest that excessive alcohol consumption increases the risk of cardiovascular disease. But I'll get more into that in a little bit. I'll talk about the other side of that. But the main thing with alcohol consumption is cancer. And with any consumption of alcohol, no matter how small, no matter how big, is associated with cancer risk. And many of the cancers that are, that plague this this world. So really with alcohol, there has been absolutely no evidence to suggest that alcohol even in the smallest amounts or in the healthiest of forms reduces the risk of cancer so that's a big one and a a one that I want you to remember throughout this podcast that there is some benefits to drinking alcohol but really is it worth the risk of cancer and that's what I want you to think about throughout this because really we don't want to be increasing our risk of cancer and alcohol is certainly one way that you can do that so there, I mean, there's not really much to say about the health complications. There is a very large amount of health complications associated with drinking alcohol, but there is also benefits. So these, the benefits that I want to talk to you about um, mainly come from red wine. And you'll have heard of this before, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have heard about the benefits of red wine, but there is a lot of controversy. There's a lot of different opinions on alcohol and whether or not they benefit. There's a lot, lots of different research suggesting different things. So red wine seems to be one of the most potent forms of alcohol that are actually beneficial for you. And there is certain antioxidants. They're called the specific ones in red wine are called flavonoids, and that is a type of polyphenol, which is a plant extract that reduces your risk of chronic diseases that aids in your well-being through protecting your organs and tissues via the issue with oxidative stress and all that type of thing. I don't want to get too complicated but red wine is a source of polyphenols, is a source of antioxidants where you could argue that you know that's really great and it's easy for people to consume red wine but These polyphenols are abundant in fruits and vegetables as well and that's another thing that I want you to remember but then again if people are consuming red wine and they find it easier to consume red wine than fruit and vegetables I mean you could argue that that shouldn't be taken away because it's a source of polyphenols but it's a really interesting one it's a really really interesting one but there is evidence to suggest things like red wine and dark chocolate have polyphenols in them and they do they have 
they have antioxidants in there that can, can actually aid with their health but then you've got to outweigh the pros and cons and with vegetables there is no pros and cons or only pros so you've got to talk about that one as well but I'll, I'll show you I'll show you I'll, I'll read to you a study that was done so in 2008 a study of more than 4,000 adults in Greece who were moderate drinkers so moderate drinkers were shown to be 1.5 to 3 drinks per day which you would probably you probably would suggest is quite a lot to be honest I would suggest that it's quite a lot to be drinking in a day but this study found that that was moderate and these people had half the reduced chance of developing metabolic syndrome. So metabolic syndrome is uh, refers to a wide range of different functions within the body but metabolic syndrome is associated with cardiovascular disease with lots of different chronic diseases so we're not wanting to have metabolic syndrome anyway that's for sure. So they actually found that those that drunk moderately, and it doesn't even talk about what type of alcohol they were consuming, were actually beneficial for their health and reduced the risk of this metabolic syndrome. So one critical analysis I have of this study is that they were done on people that were living in Greece. So for one, there is an issue with that. So people living in Greece tend to have a healthier diet than those living in Scotland or England or all these different types of places. So we've got to argue that whether or not the beneficial effects were from the Mediterranean diet, which has been shown time and time again to have very beneficial effects against metabolic syndrome. So you could argue whether or not that was their diet or their lifestyle or the fact that they maybe were, they get more vitamin D than other people, they also eat more fruits and vegetables, beans, nuts, seeds and less animal protein and less animal fat or you could also suggest that maybe the red wine or the people in Greece are also less likely to binge drink so you could argue that their lifestyle in general is synonymous with health rather than the wine itself so you could argue with that that they can't account enough for their diet and their other lifestyle factors when in consideration of their wine or alcohol content. So there's a massive downfall with that study, although it was a really large sample size. It's a massive amount of people to do a study on, but it's observational studies, so they're not really seeing anything there. They're just seeing that red wine may be involved in an increase a decreased risk of cardiovascular diseases and other type of chronic diseases, although they're not talking about the fact that Mediterranean-type diets are very beneficial for our health. So there is an issue there. I, I don't know, I'd maybe need to look really far into the study if they actually accounted for their diets, but it seems to me, and my overall opinion on that, is that alcohol is not really worth the downfalls of it and especially when you can be getting the beneficial compounds in abundance in other foods it's not as if wine or other types of alcohol are live on their own type of planet and they have these specific polyphenols that we can't get anywhere else that's not the case at all but there is research to suggest that people that drink moderately are at reduced risk but I want to question that and say well, maybe it's due to other things. But there is a lot of research on it, so there must be something about alcohol that can have beneficial effects. I mean, if you listen to my um, How to Live to 100 podcast, which a lot of you guys loved, thank you so much for that. I'll put it in the description, but I was talking about the 
blue zones and the people that live over 100 and what they do. And in Greece, actually, there is a village that lives, that there's many centenarians living in that village and they consume this specific wine moderately where they are very rich in polyphenols, but it's not the type of wine that we have here. It is very, very rich in polyphenols and antioxidants um, because they make it they make it there, they make it in a specific way that increases the antioxidant content. So if you argue it like that, then there is probably beneficial effects to alcohol when drunk, when drunken, is that a word? I don't know. When drunk moderately, but maybe in the traditional way of consuming wine, in the traditional way and making wine, not the type of wine or alcohol that we have here that is sold on supermarket shelves. So you could maybe argue that point that alcohol really is only very good for you or moderately good for you when done very traditionally, when made very traditionally, when fermented for a long period of time to increase the antioxidant content. But again, that is more speculation. But they certainly found a correlation between that specific type of wine and longevity in life. So there is something there. There is definitely something there, but is it worth the pros? Is it worth the cons? Is that, that's what we have to ask. Is it worth the cancer risk? Is it worth the addictive, you know, potential of alcohol? Like you've got to ask yourself, how many of you that drink have one glass of wine and that's it? Or one glass of whatever that you're consuming alcohol-wise? Not very often. You know, most people consume more than one glass of wine and one glass of wine, I remind you, is not a full glass, is like half the glass in the unit uh, form. So where the guideline is to have no more than 14 units a week, which isn't very much, isn't very much at all. And most people that drink will probably go over that 14 units a week. And, you know, the guidelines that we are set by the government are often more manageable guidelines than necessarily what should what the guidelines should be and they do this for a reason they do this because it's to make the guideline too difficult to reach it really puts people off of even trying to eat healthily or even trying to consume a healthy diet which is a problem but at the same time the guidelines don't educate fully on the optimal diet. So we have to take that into consideration as well. But for me, I think the guideline should be a rough estimate for most people and trying to consume less than 14 units a week is the is the most beneficial. And if you are drinking alcohol, try and stick to a lower percentage alcohol that is really rich in polyphenols which is probably the most red wine and in a red wine that is probably quite expensive and probably made somewhere in a specific way but again that's very hard to manage so we're going to ask the question as well is all alcohol the same and I've kind of already answered this question and it does seem that wine in general has the most beneficial properties but there is also research to suggest that in some studies, alcohol itself show the beneficial effects of alcohol in general. So that type of thing is, is it alcohol itself or is it the different types of alcohol? So there is studies to suggest that it's just alcohol itself that shows these beneficial properties on cardiovascular disease. But then again, excessive drinking shows a really problematic issue 
with cardiovascular disease. So there is controversy and there's difficult scenarios when given talking about alcohol. And, you know, especially with the addictive properties of alcohol and the emotional well-being of our society just now. You know, we're all seem to be mentally dealing with a lot. We have a lot on our plates and we're not dealing with our emotions properly. And when we're faced with alcohol, a way to escape those problems, a way to drink them away, make you feel good. How can we moderate that? How can we moderate drinking when it provides such a massive escape? And it's not even just an escape, it's also also socially accepted escape. So it's not like cocaine or other drugs where if you take cocaine, you know, you're a drug addict, you're not desired by society, but if you drink, you are. And I certainly see that all the time that you, you're treated differently when you tell people that you don't drink and it's socially accepted, it's socially desirable to drink and have fun with your friends and it's a socially accepted addiction, a socially accepted escapism and combine that with the the way that alcohol makes you feel and all of the other issues that comes with alcohol, it's a very easy thing to get stuck in, it's a very easy thing to be addicted to and this is the problem, we've got to argue whether or not the beneficial effects of alcohol is worth the problematic issues around it. And I personally think that alcohol acts as a massive escapism no matter how much you drink and that taking alcohol is does more damage than good. But what do you think? What do you think about it? I want to know what you guys feel about alcohol because some people might not have any problems with alcohol at all. They might not find it addictive. They're just not an addictive person and they can drink alcohol very moderately, very... Um, irregularly and be totally fine with that but for most people they struggle with limiting their alcohol intake and I want to argue whether or not it is a good idea or not. I mean I feel more aligned with my true self with who I am when I don't drink alcohol because I have control over who I am. I have I'm not being influenced by a substance and that's my personal opinion that's what I feel and that's how I like to live my life but that's got nothing to say about what you might want to do or what anyone listening to this might want to do but I'm here today to relay some information and in a positive way I want to talk about the education around alcohol and whether or not we should be doing what we're doing in today's society so I really hope that this podcast was enjoyable I really hope that you guys um created some thought within you guys and that you can if you do drink, have a look at your alcohol consumption and see if you're drinking too much. So thank you guys so much for listening. I actually really enjoyed this podcast. I don't know why I put it off for so long. Um, please share it with anyone you think might it might help. I don't even know if this podcast will do very well. I don't. I feel like people don't want to listen to alcohol, but we'll see. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please share, like, and comment. Do whatever you feel drawn to do. It helps me out so much. Please let me know what you think about the podcast give me a message. I have in the description all the different things that you can um, get in touch with me with. So please do that. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.